Hello, my fine friends. Thank you for choosing my podcast to listen to. We're powered by ACAS Plus. You can join uh, ACAS Plus if you want to get lots of bonuses. Google Rahalastapa and ACAS Plus and you'll get right there. There's lots of fun stuff to get. Um, Rahalastapa tour is nearly over. 21st of March, I'm at Bedford Corn Exchange. I'm talking to Olaf Falafel, who's a very funny children's author and stand-up comedian, and Al Murray, the pub landlord and historian man. And a friend of mine, uh, it should be fantastic, who went to Bedford, went to school in Bedford. It should be amazing. There's plenty of tickets left for that one. Uh, Glasgow on the 27th and Hull on the 28th. They're both sold out, but do keep checking the sites for returns. And uh, occasionally we put some comps back on sale, so there may be a chance to buy tickets. The main thing, though, is that I am going to be on tour doing stand-up, and I would love you to come. Uh, it's uh, from... It starts officially in May, but so uh, there's a few tryouts in April and March. So I'm at the Bill Murray. I'm at um, various places, Luton Hat Factory and uh, the Berry Hedge End. I don't even know where that is before going into a big tour where I'm going all over the place. It's selling in various degrees. Glasgow sold out. They've added an extra date. Uh, Chorley sold out, joined the waiting list. Uh, but a lot of the others have plenty of tickets. So... Do go and come to see that. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour for all those tour dates. RichardHerring.com slash Rahalastapa for the remaining Rahalastapa dates. And uh, yeah, and then I'm going to take a little break from doing Rahalastapas. It'll be nice. We've got loads in the bank. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying them. I think there's some very high quality ones from this tour. Uh, so do keep listening. Do keep telling your friends. RichardHerring.com for all your Richard Herring needs. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another Rahalastapa. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Oh, hello and welcome to another episode of Rahala Stapa with me, Richard Herring. It's lovely here at the Leicester Square Theatre at the moment. Uh, the guest this week is Emily Atank. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you like these shows, hey, you can come and probably see one live. We're touring the country in uh, 2019 and probably beyond that. Uh, we're also here at the Leicester Square Theatre. Go to richherring.com slash gigs to find out all about that. And hey, why not support us by becoming a monthly badger? Go to our brand new website, rahalastapa.co.uk. Okay. Uh, you'll find lots of stuff about the show, but also there's a lovely paywall you can get behind very cheaply and see all those behind-the-scenes videos. There's hundreds of those now. They're all about five minutes long. Or lots of other extras, plus some of my stand-up shows. There's going to be lots of stuff there. Maybe I'll do some question-and-answer sessions. Who knows what I'm going to do back there? Only people who are paying. That's the people who know. Uh, that will help us to fund the filming of this show, which is exorbitantly expensive. Thank you very much for watching. Let's sit back and enjoy Richard Herring's L-S-T-P. Rahalastapa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has just sold one of his livers for Jesus. <laughs> Not feeling that well, actually. It's Richard Harry. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello. Oh, you're, you're much better than last week's audience. There was a bald guy in the front row last week. He didn't crack a smile, mate. Uh, so, um, it was good. John Ronson was good, wasn't he? Obsessed with, obsessed with porn he is. Oh, I didn't, didn't do it as well as I did in the... The timing was all off. So, um, 
Welcome to Richard Herring's Long Sally Tall podcast. That's a terrible name. I was hanging around with the goodies the other week. I don't know if you remember the goodies. They would drive a trandom. Who remembers the goodies? Eating spangles. They call it realistable. So that is, uh, that's, uh, that's going to catch on. Um, let's see what I've got for you. Oh, no, I should have said last week. And I'm sure you'll have noticed the difference between the two weeks already here. I'm on a diet this, this year. I've, uh, I've already, yeah, I've, I said I look thinner than last week. You were here last week, weren't you? It's a lot, I've lost a lot of weight. I did a poo in the interval. And it's, um, I was, I was kind of hoping to, because they used to alternate between fat, rich, and thin, rich presenting these shows, which gave me half the, the workload. Obviously, it's the two different people, as many of you know I am. Uh, but it's fat, rich has been presenting this show for quite a few series now. In fact, looking back at the John Ronson, when I was thin, rich, when I last did John Ronson, that was the last time I was probably thin. Uh, that's how long ago it was. Uh, so uh, my plan is to, by the end of the series, thin, rich will be presenting the series, and I will wear the suit that I wore in 2015. Not going to happen. So I've lost, um, I've lost uh, 10 pounds so far in 2019. I was very fat. So I was just drinking a lot of beer for some reason. So it's... Um, <laughs> But it's been a dry January and a dry four days of February. 35 days. No, I'm not counting. So um, we'll see if that comes to pass. And some of you have looked at the last episode already and said, ha-ha, you idiot. It did not work. It didn't work. I'm cross. I, um, I've got a new car. I've mentioned this before uh, to the audience. And I live in the countryside now. So it's very... And it's been unpleasant weather. So dirt gets splashed all over the car all the time. There's no point in washing the car because you'll just go out again and it'll get dirty again. And I was in Waitrose Car Park in Hitchin. It's usually... It's not like Harpenden. That place is full of cunts. But it's, uh, Hitchin's usually all right. Yeah, it's usually all right. I'm Hertfordshire-based comedy. This is people in Hertfordshire going fucking mad for this shit. And uh, I did see my car sticking. As I walked into it, I said, I said to my daughter, you can see which one our car is, because it was quite dirty. And I was getting... I had two kids. I was on my own. I was tired. I was putting them in the car. I was trying to feed my son at the same time. I was very harassed. And a man, a kind of middle-aged hitching man, came past. He said, excuse me. And I'm a polite man. I thought he maybe recognised me from my Radio 4 work. And... <laughs> He said, how's anyone meant to read that number, please? I said, I'd been thinking the same thing. And I I wasn't angry with him to begin with. And then I thought, what kind of... That's quite a lot of front, isn't it? To basically go, your car's fucking dirty, mate. What are you going to do about it? Punch you in the face, you fucking old fuck. I'm very very cross today. I'm very cross. Last weekend today, very cross. So, um... Just that, I mean, that's it. I think as you get older, I'm worried about it because I think as you get, he's about, I know he's probably my age to be honest, but he looked to me, he might have been in his 60s. And you go, what point does that mental filter go where you don't think, maybe I won't just say every single fucking thing that's gone into my head? I mean, you know, this is my job, but I don't do it in real life. So, anyway, uh, our guest this week uh, is probably best known for portraying Slimer in the Keith and Paddy picture show, which is my favourite television <laughs> So, and we can imagine how hideous this guest is going to be. Have all the acts in the world were chosen to play Slimer, which isn't even a human being. So let's see what she looks like. Will you please welcome the amazing Emily A. Tack, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. Welcome. Sit down. Pick up a microphone. I should have said that. You have to talk into that microphone. Like... This is very strange for me, this yeah. kind of scenario. You're going to have to get used to it if you're going on a stand-up tour. You're going to use a handheld mic on No, I've got oh. one of those little things. You've got a Madonna mic. Yeah, I feel like Ariana Grande when I wear yeah, it. Yeah, that's nice. We had those. The Lee, we had Lee and Herring. When we did Lee and Herring, we had those pretentious mics. And then I, I thought, like it. Oh, come on, you've got to you'd be real talking to a big phallic microphone. I think you feel like, you know you've made it if you get to sort of do yeah. that with your ear. Like, yeah. We used, I used to do, uh, which will be, I know me might work. I used to do, I used to do, pretend I was uh, Captain Scarlet and go, zzz, zzz, that was my joke with it. Uh, so, uh, less cool than you. <laughs> Not Ariane. Uh, anyway, so Slimer, 
How did you get cho- chosen to portray Slimer? That well, is not fair. I can't... But th- this is hilarious. can't believe that this is even a thing. Um, I, if Lee said to me, Lee Francis, Keith Lemon, he said... Um, what is not... Is, why is not his real name, oh, Keith Lemon? Do you know, the, the amount of people that go, so, right, okay, is Keith... Like, is that who he is? Or is... No, no he's Lee Francis, Keith Lemon is the character. And they go... All right, so he's Keith. No, 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 he's Lee. That Keith Lemon is his character. Anyway, I have to explain that to people all the time. It's hilarious. So, um, yeah, he said to me, uh, "No one will play Slimo." I don't, you know, I don't know who to ask. I'm like, I'll do it. I'll definitely do it. And he was like, "I thought you'd be all like dead vain, though, not want to like dress all green and shit." No, fine. Absolutely what do you fine. have to do to be Slimer? Just literally do this. You are good. Uh, it's, uh, you're, better, you're better than I thought you'd be. That's... I've never even seen Ghostbusters. <laughs> I was weirdly really good at it. That was, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what he does. So uh, it's fine. Thanks. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so, well, we have seen you recently. We'll talk about. I mean, yeah, there's so there's a lot of things to talk about, um, but we'll talk about I'm a Celebrity first, which my audience don't watch because they are. Uh, I was going to uh, say don't, don't I, I knew you <laughs> would. don't watch it. But either. this no, this series was apparently a really good one. It was a very good series. Apparently, it was the best. They're aware of what it is, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't watch it. Uh, Highest rated series, apparently. If you. You came. Spoiler alert for anyone who's got it on series record. Wait. Anyone who's waiting a couple of years just to really savour. You came second. I came second. To, to a football manager. I was hoping for an applause, but don't worry. Yeah, second. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> how, how was it? Because, I mean, you've been asked all these the questions about I'm a celebrity, whether it's real, whether it's. But was it, is it an enjoyable thing to do, really? I mean, you seem to have fun this year. Yeah, do you know, I wouldn't... You can't really say enjoyable in the, the sense of the day-to-day life of it. You know, you're starving hungry. There aren't takeaway pizzas coming in, you know, every half an hour like everyone thinks there is. It's not a studio. It really is what it seems on television. It's very difficult, but it's more about kind of what you how you kind of do that I'm not going to use the word journey but I feel like I'm about to say it I'm really sorry you did feel like you did have a oh, bit of a journey oh, in this it's the only way to describe it it's more about that experience experience we'll use yeah. that word it's the experience and it that's that's the enjoyment of it that that's you find out so much about yourself um, things that you didn't know, and yeah, it's kind of well. Yeah. It seemed to. I mean, the, every, what everyone sort of says about you in this series is that you went in, you had a, your confidence a bit dented before you went in yeah. through relationships and whatever. Yeah, and I, that this I, kind of rebuilt you a bit. Would that be? It, oh God, it really did. Yeah. I genuinely, I said this yesterday. I actually really miss being in there because there was something about being in that environment where you're so completely stripped bare of of the stresses of everyday life and. You're taken away from the real world. And I can honestly say it was the most liberating thing ever because I just felt so protected in there. I felt like I, I was the happiest I've ever been because there were, I, I didn't have the everyday normal stresses of everyday life. Sure. I could just, I just didn't have to worry about anything um, apart from, you know, having to light a fire and you know stay alive win, yes stay alive yeah, <laughs> win stars yeah. um for camp to to get meals everything you go back to basics and as a as a as a human being in this day and age if you ever get the opportunity to do anything like that which you know not everyone gets to do the jungle you but can just go and go in a wood somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah just starve yourself in a woods yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't take your phone with you you'll be fine yeah. um, it's a big it's a big decision right to go in to make that were you nervous about it I mean that you're weighing it up um, some yeah. people go into these things and it destroys them yeah and destroys their career mm. usually the racist ones to be fair so as long as you're <laughs> confident you can keep your racism bottled up for two weeks it's I had okay. a real word with myself <laughs> no yeah that was it I just kind of thought well do you know what I'm I'm not racist. <laughs> um, I'm not nasty. I'm not bitchy, and I'm I'm just not a dickhead. I just yeah. know I'm not that much of a bell end that I would <laughs> make myself look like a bell end. And, and I remember saying to ITV when I had the meeting, I said, "Oh, you know, oh, I don't look like a dick," and blah blah. blah. And they said, "Thing is, you're only going to look like a dick if you are a dick." Yeah. Uh, it's not Big Brother where they're out. You know, they're out to literally bleed you dry for that kind of thing. It's it, it, it's not really like that. And I just thought, 
I, I, I so they wouldn't no. tell you if you were a dick because well, they want you to go on if you are a dick. <laughs> yeah, That's well, the exactly. Problem. Yeah, they go, you're not a dick. It's fine. You'll be <laughs> fine. Go on in, Noel Edmonds. It's fine. You're not a dick. <laughs> Everyone loves oh, you. No. Did you ever wake up and find Noel Edmonds just sort of staring at you, standing over, <laughs> standing over you, staring at you? Does no, that ever happen? Do you know? I've got to defend him. Here. I feel really bad for him. I after watching it back, I feel he did. It, he, he's such a nice guy and we had so what do you mean do you hate him oh you know I've got a grudging oh. respect for his for the murders he committed but it's uh, you know it's apart from that oh no sorry no, I'm thinking of um, uh, Jack the Ripper I, I got confused I got confused that wasn't him I got confused I think we covered Ben right uh, so no, I, well, I think he's, he's he's done some slightly dickish things. We Has have this. We've discussed. Well, he had this sort of cancer machine that he t- was telling cancer sufferers they should buck up their ideas and try his cancer machine. It's like, he's done odd things. I didn't hear about the cancer machine. No, we don't, you know, he probably didn't, doesn't brag about it. Oh, <laughs> you're right. As long as you haven't got cancer, he won't tell you about it. But if you've got it, you ain't sharp about the thing. <laughs> Um, I, you know, he's. Uh, I, I just think it's a, a lot of people who work at show business think they're cool than not dickish people, mm. uh, and there is no hiding place in the jungle no. for that. The, you know, literally, if yeah. you are a dick, it's going to come out. So, yeah. um, I think Noel Edmonds for me feels like the kind of person who thinks he isn't a dick, oh. incorrectly. Oh. <laughs> That's just my opinion. And I'm sure he, he feels the same lovely. about me. He was me. lovely to me. I wouldn't lovely. go in there because, you know, my, I, I've got an angry side. I think people... people <laughs> I bottle it up. Are you But you know, seemed to... It was a year where there wasn't many... Everyone seemed to get on and it wasn't, oh, there was no, no we, Genuinely, we, got, we, we really, really got on. Um, yeah. And I always say, I don't think I would have done half as well in there if there was an arsehole in there that was upsetting me. I think in that kind of environment, it either brings out the best in you or the worst in you um and luckily it brought out this side to me i didn't kind of really know that i had because there's no booze in there yeah <laughs> so you like it <laughs> that sounds awful but there's no booze there's none of those kind of things that change your personality at all so you're it's almost like you're a nine-year-old kid again and just with genuine happiness the, the, the slightest thing will make you happy if you win a chocolate biscuit you know you're so thrilled it's the only thing you're, you're going to eat all day but you're so happy about it you become a nine-year-old again okay so i loved it i loved and, it yeah it's, did you anticipate coming out and you know what, what was your feelings as you're coming out of the jungle you think it's going to do you aware it was going to lead to lots of opportunities or you're worried you'd been do you know ways? i think as as an actress actor we have to say now um i think it's the decision that you make with something like that it's a really big one because it, as you say it can go one way or the other and in this industry i feel like the industry is changing a lot and it got to the point I've, I've been asked to do the jungle for the last three years and i was kind of i was battling with it i was thinking oh, i don't don't know if it's the right thing but you know i'm fucking skint and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and i i got to a point where i thought right I'm not trying to be the next Keira Knightley. That's not what I'm trying to be. Yet, I also... I'm not a reality star. So I had to kind of think, well, if I do this, I have to sort of afterwards carve my own path afterwards. I don't want to do that thing of, oh, God, it sounds so indulgent, kind of going, oh, it's such weird decisions you have to make in this kind of industry. But you never kind of know what the best thing to do next is in, no. in the industry. Especially as a young woman, it's really, really difficult. And I'd, my whole, uh, over the last 10, 11 years, I'd been, you know, playing these glamorous kind of <laughs> roles. Great fun, great. Um, but, yeah, I got to a point where I thought, right, I'm, I'm tired of that robotic motion thing of going to auditions, castings, reading the lines, doing that. My mum calls it the revolving door audition. When you go in, you go, right, thank you, back out again, and you just never hear anything again. And I just, I lost my sense of fun with it, and I just thought, I need some excitement again in my life, and I want to just kind of flip everything on its head um, and just see what happens if I start saying yes to things like the jungle. Yeah. Um, and so I just thought, right, sod it. I'll, I'm going to say yes uh, and just kind of see what happens from there. Thank Christ I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was the best decision I've ever made. And it, I, I, didn't, I didn't know for one minute um, or guess 
just how kind of well it was going to go. I'm so lucky um, that the people that I was in there with, they were all amazing. And as I say, you know, we all brought that out the best in each other. And I came out and I've got all these incredible opportunities and all the doors that I thought were going to be shut in my face in terms of acting and things like that. They're bloody more open than ever. Hooray! Now they all want to know. <laughs> so that's <laughs> how you audition: is you go in a jungle for three weeks and um, well, show people I, you're a nice but person. But what I think, but what I think it shows is that the industry is changing because a few years ago that would have been the, the snobbery would yeah. have been, you yeah. know, well, oh she's done the jungle, we're not going to see her for this casting now. We're not. Oh no, you can't do a drama now. You can't do that. But it's it, it's just not the case for some reason this Good. What's year. The, what have you, are you allowed to talk about the things you've been offered? I know some of them are semi-secret or rumours. I've, I've got my agent in the audience. I don't know yeah. what I'm allowed to say. I've got the Walkers gig with I've Gary Lineker. So you've got Walkers crisps. <laughs> Do you get free crisps for life off of just that? Just get to eat crisps with Gary Lineker. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but, I, well, I've, I've just been confirmed for an acting gig the other day um, that I'm so excited about. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it yet, but... Um, it was something that I definitely I would have auditioned for before, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have got a look in. The feedback was when I went for castings. God, this is so indulgent. Sorry, it's like a therapy <laughs> session. Um, the the feedback I got was that I was either too sort of well known for roles or not well known enough. So I just sort of thought, well, I might as well choose something a bit more extreme and then just see what happens from that. So yeah, and yeah, it's it's all good. You put it from a big showbiz family. I know your mum a little bit, yeah. Kate Robbins. Yeah. Did you, um, were you aware she was in the Eurovision Song Contest? You must be. Yes. Can you sing the song she sang? No, I've no idea how it's happened. Were, were, they, called, know, were they called Prima Donna? Prima Donna. Can you sing? I think if um, I've, I've learned their name in case it ever comes up on Pointless, because <laughs> I think I don't think anyone remembers Prima Donna or this song. All right. If okay. there's a place <laughs> in your heart for me, then there's a room in my place for you. Because I've got love enough. Oh, love enough. Yeah, I've got love enough. And they're all love kind of wearing Bucks Fizz style. I don't know if it was the year after Bucks Fizz. Yeah. But the boys are wearing that kind of, you know, children's presenter kind of Bucks Fizz stuff. I remember mum always gets a bit narky if you say Bucks Fizz. She says, don't mention that around me. <laughs> they're unlike, she's big. I think she might have done two Eurovision Song Contests. Am I right about that? She was no, I don't know. She's, uh, she wrote Surprise Surprise. I mean, yeah, I should have. Surprise, thinking surprise. about it, I should have got her and I love her I stuff. Know, what are you doing? Surprise, surprise, she wrote. Surprise, I can sing her. I bet she no. had a number two hit. I yeah. don't know what I'm doing sitting yeah. here. She did Voices on Spitting Image. She did Euro Trash as well. Euro Trash. Yeah. That was always weird, watching that with my mates. I would be like, did you watch Euro Trash last night? No, because it's my mum going, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Weird. <laughs> She's a cracker. You come from that family of like seemingly about a billion very attractive women. And Ted Robbins. That, is, that seems to be... He got all... He got a lot of the, the excess left over. <laughs> How is Ted? Is he, is he, is he okay? He's he well. Gets... He's over the heart attack is and he, all yeah. is well. Yeah. 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 We no, love Ted. We love yeah, Ted we... Robbins. Uh, but um, Paul McCartney is... Well, I'm trying to work out what relation okay, Paul McCartney so is to you. He's my grandma's first cousin. Okay. And, and he... Yeah, my grandma essentially raised him. His mum died when he was very young, right, so... Yeah. Um, my grandma raised him and they actually started um, the Beatles in my grandparents' garage. Right. Um, and then they, yeah, they started, but it was, it was Paul and John. They started, they called themselves the Nurk twins. They were like <laughs> this, yeah, this little duo and my grandparents owned a pub and they said, oh, you know, and my grandma introduced Paul to the ukulele and taught him how to play it. And she said, um, oh, you know, you sound really good. You should play, um, play at the pub tonight. So, the Nurk twins started playing at the pub, and then yeah, the, they did all right. They did okay. They did all right. I mean, my mum just goes around saying, you know, yeah, Paul just brags about being my cousin, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Does Paul pop around to see you? In he, the house? No, he he's a family man, and I yeah. grew up. He was such a massive part of my childhood. Um, yeah, I, I had an amazing childhood with him. It, he was. So lovely. Him and Linda, they would um, have us round for Sunday lunches. and yeah. Vegetarian, though. Yeah. Ah, forget it. <laughs> I remember turning up once and he said, oh, you've just missed Michael Jackson. He was, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Normal Sunday lunch. It's amazing. So the, is, all, I mean, is anyone in your family not a performer? I don't... 
no. No. I, I, I don't think any single one of us has ever had a proper job. I mean, it's like a massive dynasty. I mean, yeah. like Robert Dawes, who I work with, is married yeah. to your aunt. Is yes, that it? Amy. Yeah. 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 And your mum, there's a big age gap in that for the family. Your, your uh, Ted is the oldest, is he? The, yes. Yeah. It goes t- uh, Ted, my mum, then Emma, Jane, Amy. Um, wow, they were yeah. going some. Yeah. Your grandparents. Yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> Oh. It's good when the one comes like 12 or 13 years after us. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, they're dead now, so that's weird to think about. Okay, well, you don't have to think about the dead. <laughs> I was thinking about them having sex while they were alive and vivid and still young enough to procreate. That's what I'm going home to think of. That's my... Uh, if I get a porn video made, that is what it's going to... What? Oh, God. <laughs> they're all siblings. It works for me. All right, so... <laughs> It's a back reference to last week, in case you think I'm weird. <laughs> um, so, we'll give my best to your mum. Uh, she's, I will, yeah. I want to say, uh, she uh, direct messaged me on Twitter and said, can I have a couple of comps to your gig tonight? And I said, yeah, sure, and then she didn't turn up. But I don't hold any grudges. Uh, so it's... No, I'll tell you who is here, though, and I've got to say this. So my sister, yeah. who's also my agent, wow. um, she is here with her boyfriend, who their first ever date, they've been together for seven years, it's not interesting for anyone else, but <laughs> they've been together for seven years, and their first ever date was to a Richard Herring gig. That happens a lot. Yeah, and they're here now. And they, they, so they went to a Richard Herring gig, it was when they first like fell in oh. love, and then they had a Domino's pizza in, in his car afterwards. Yeah. yeah, That's how you do it. Yeah. Is that a, is that a euphemism? <laughs> Trying to work out what that would be. It sounds pretty good. Extra large. But yeah, they're here tonight. Yeah. So yeah. That happens a lot because I think, uh, you know, people come on the first date, the women see me and go, fuck, I could end up like someone like that. I'm just the f- nearest available person. Oh my God, he looks a bit like you. Does Not he? even kidding. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I could have been in, I could have been in the dynasty. Um, you got to audition first. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, in the in between, as we talked to some of the in between, I talked to some of the I uh, talked to Joe and uh, Damon, Damon at the uh, Bristol Slapstick Festival recently. So that was that was was that your first big break, the in betweeners? Oh yeah, completely. I, I was um, I was seventeen, and I my parents had divorced, and I looked at my sister and I said, right, should we just sack this off and get out of here because this is rubbish? So. We moved into this flat and we had no money. I was 17, my sister was 15, 16. And she was like, how are we going to pay for it? I was like, I'm going to become a famous actress, it's fine. Um, and I banged a few doors down and I auditioned for this thing called Baggy Trousers. Yes. Um, and I auditioned for that. And I also, at the time, auditioned for something called Coming of Age, which was on BBC Three. And I, I was offered both roles and I had to choose between... The, the you made the right them. choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, but what I did was I went back to my flat that day, my grotty little flat. You know, I was only a, I was a baby. I was seventeen, and all my mates were sitting around, just like smoking, drinking, whatever. And I was like, right, everyone, read both of these scripts and tell me what's the funniest one. And they went that one, baggy trousers. So I was like, right, I'll say yes to that one then. Thank Christ. <laughs> and yeah, and so I got that, and I and I did that for three years. Um, yeah, till I, till I was 21, and that just changed my life forever. And what were the boys in it? Were they like the characters in Well, the weird thing was, what people don't really know is that at the time, they they were so much older than what they were playing. Yeah. So I was 17, like the normal age, and but I was playing a year older than them, Whereas, they, but they, in real life, were like approaching 30 wow yeah they were in the makeup truck every day like shaving their chests <laughs> to every inch of their life like scraping their chests and their faces because they yeah they were like approaching 30 so yeah. they were they were they were silly and fun and everything but you know they were a bit mature were they a bit mature no nah. Nah. it was a great um, series I was, I was talking about with Damon who created it but it, with, with Ian yeah um but it's, it is that, it was exactly, certainly a boy's memory of school, of the, all the boys were silly idiots and all the girls were quite cool and together, which I think is true of sort of sixth form, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's definitely my kind of memory of school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the sort of comments I get and I have to go, thank you, are, um, 
you know, oh yeah, but the thing is though, reason why you're so good in that is because I just remember I fancy girls like you, you know, with the tits and the and I'm like, thank you, that's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but apparently, yeah, people it resonated with people and people were just oh, you know, everyone knows a guy like that, everyone knows a guy like that, everyone knew the girl like that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why people like. Why it. didn't you get invited to the Inbetweeners ten-year anniversary? <laughs> I disaster. knew that was what coming. Happened? What happened? Should we have an emergency question? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, um, okay. How do I? Oof. There's going to be some tricky ones in there. Yeah. Okay. You could just be honest. You said you were a very open, honest person. Okay. Okay. Be very honest. Okay. <laughs> um. I think sometimes in the industry, as things progress and things happen and people move on and um, certain people then kind of go, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Which one of them's the dick? No, I not Yeah. Well, it's no. not Joe Thomas because he's lovely. Oh no, Joe, Tom- Joe so Thomas. Is I'm lo- do oh no! 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 Simon um, Bird seems very nice. <laughs> so no, Simon Bird is lovely. Simon Bird is lovely. You were in uh, Dad's Arm with the tour. Oh, thank God we moved on. Brilliant. <laughs> so it must be the other one. Uh, so. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> it didn't go very well, so it's a good job you weren't there, isn't it? Well, well, <laughs> it was lovely to hear how, you know, people saying, oh, you know, you should have been there. It, it yeah. was very nice. It was very nice to hear that. Um, yeah. Well, it was, I mean, I think it was, you know, those, the four main guys obviously were the show, but it was, what was beautiful about that show, I think, was the peripheral characters. Like, the truth of it was great. Mm. But also, you know, Greg Davies was fantastic. Yes. And, and, you know, and all the other students really... They were pro- the paedophile teacher, which I auditioned for and didn't get. It's the first time I've, first time I've ever auditioned for a pervert and not been except for the... For the... So, were you not invited to the actual night? Because I think every uh, other fucker was, apart from me. What did you do to them? You must have scarred them. No, no, no. You're so nice. It's so snobbery, was... I think, in certain areas. <laughs> we'll come back to it. So, um, have, a bit, have a bit more vodka. <laughs> we can get you some more. Um, right, this is a new emergency question, uh, and I, I, I didn't get an answer from Satnam Sangeri, so I'm going to try you. What is the weirdest reason you ever skived off school? I'll give you an example. Someone who answered this on Twitter for me uh, said, Brian Jacks out of judo, ju- judo was visiting, and I didn't want to meet him. Uh, I... I once skived off school because I was I they were I don't know why they announced it and this is the second time I'm telling the story uh, but they were going, we were going to make tea and coffee in home economics I was about ten years old and I was terrified they'd make me drink tea tea or coffee and so I pretended I was ill and didn't go into school. Did you ever skive off for a, a stupid reason? Oh, God, did you ever no. skive off? Yes. I'm guessing you yes. did skive off. Sometimes. I was very naughty, very naughty at school. I was a nice person. I wasn't mean or anything like that, but I just. School, I just looked at it as a waste of time. I knew what I wanted to do, and I couldn't wait to get out of there. I, I, I hated it. hated school. Um, the, the, God, this is going to make me get the violins out, but there was a... I, I, was, I was quite bullied at school. I was very badly bullied, and there was this one time where this, this horrible little shit in my class had printed out this picture of me, and I'd... I'd, it, 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 we, it was part of like um, an art class that we had to take really silly pictures of each other uh, pulling a silly face and I pulled a really stupid face and he printed off about I'm not joking about a thousand copies of this photo of me like <laughs> and he posted it everywhere and I'm wow. talking like in every single village you can imagine with my phone number on it saying call this number for sex <laughs> I swear to God. And so oh, it was dear. the most, it was awful. And yeah. so I just didn't, I knew that that was all going on. And I didn't go into school that day because I was so humiliated. Wow, that is, that's not, that's that's, horrible, isn't it? It's not like my whimsical story about tea and coffee. <laughs> Apart that's from not, that, I just. That's not Brian Jacks, is it? <laughs> was it Brian Jacks who did that to you? Uh, 
I just used to go to McDonald's all the other times uh-huh. on the train. That's yeah. just so like typ- it's so typically a teenage boy to say, you know, to mm. bring this number for sex. Yeah. It's just so not <laughs> understanding even how I got well, all the, I got so many phone calls as didn't well. You? Yeah, just <laughs> I'd, I'd be really annoyed if I didn't. <laughs> you were putting a funny face though, so you know, that's that's a good sign. Um <laughs> What is the best thing? Here's a new emergency question. This might elicit even more sympathy. What is the best thing you've ever lost and then found again? Oh. Ooh. Hard, that one. My that. dignity. Yeah. <laughs> you sure you found it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you um, Oh, best thing lost and found again. Um, okay, right. So, when I was really, really young, um, I had these, I called them my special dollies, and I had all these dolls, like these babies. They were my babies. God, they were my girls. Like, they were my life. Um, I think I was about 22. No. Um, I was, I don't know, must have been about seven, six or seven. And I had these special dollies, and I had them in this massive, like, satchel thing. And we went on holiday, and, oh, bless my dad. I'd left them. We'd got on the plane, and I'd realised I'd left this huge bag of dollies in like KFC or something in the in the thing you wouldn't be able to do this now my dad he was like right no got off the plane managed to go all the way back through security found my satchel of special dollies and brought them back to me I know no idea where they are now (laughs) (laughs) on holiday I was trying to get rid of them dad (laughs) this message comes from BOF sponsor eBay you'll know real when you get it it'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it maybe it's a head turning handbag a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So, look, you're doing a stand-up tour. Like, yeah. This is quite a bold departure, okay, I would can say. Can everyone stop saying that? They're making me You know, stand-up's really, really hard. You oh. have to be really good. Uh, to be the kind of stand-up who can bring two disparate people together in love, you have to be pretty amazing. Oh. Um, so... <laughs> I mean, you've performed all your life, so it's, and you obviously do lots of impressions, and you're, I'm assuming, a good singer. Uh, yeah, I sing, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not like a massive leap, but was that, that was a decision you made before the jungle. Yeah, yeah. I, it was just that thing of going, I wanted to, I was so sick of um, kind of, you know, auditioning for things and not getting them, and everything was just going at a really placid rate. So I was like, right, all the people out there that are doing really well, the people that are writing their own stuff. So people going, why don't you write a sitcom? Too much work, too much money. Um, and I thought, what well, if I just write a show? That might be a laugh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm going through this phase at the moment in life where I'm thinking, right, everything's really scary, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, it's essentially just me. It's, it's called Talk 30 to me. And yeah. <laughs> um, and it's about, you know, the it's a kind of a, a humorous look, hopefully, at... Um, the panics of approaching 30. I'm 29. I've just turned 29. And I can't believe it. I yeah. can't believe I'm that's 30 so, this year. That's really old. Well, <laughs> but the funny thing is, 
I saw your DVD and it yeah. was, um, oh, Frig, I'm 50. Yeah. I nearly called mine, oh, fuck, I'm 30. Well, yeah, I've already done, oh, fuck, I'm so I did, oh, fuck, I'm 40. I didn't do a 30 I didn't show. I know that. So we can, we can combine, you can, we can now put that as a yeah. 30, 40, because I didn't do the 30. Yeah, show. well, it's that whole thing, isn't it? I, I feel like in life, we're taught about puberty and how difficult that's going to be. Fine. We're, we're sort of, you know, we're told about the menopause and or a midlife crisis that you're probably going to get late down the line. But this part of of life, no one really teaches you about. No, it's it's all of it's almost like you still feel like you're 18 years old, and yet people are going right. You've got to be a grown up now. You've got to now pay bills on time. You've got to dr- learn how to drive. Can't drive. Um, you've got to stop dropping things and stop being an absolute moron. <laughs> and I just don't know how to do that. Well, it's true, but I feel the same. I'm, I'm 50. Yeah. What, 50? I, I know, you 50. make me feel a bit better. You make me feel uh, a bit So better. you can carry on. Uh, yeah. I think 30 was the worst what decade for me. Like, for, so, like, 40 was... I did have a kind of break, breakdown at 40, but it wasn't <laughs> as bad as 30. I was genuinely really, mm. really unhappy about. Yeah. It does feel like a big deal, because I think, like, all the way through your 20s... But, you know... No offence, but you're a fucking idiot when you're yeah. in your 20s. Yeah. So, uh, it's, you know, it's, it all gets better. Does but, it? Uh, yeah, well, I was, a really, I was a real idiot in my 20s. So, it's, it's <laughs> you know, the minute I turned 30, it wasn't a problem, whereas the minute I turned 40, it was still a problem. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, when I turned 30, I went, oh, it's fine. But uh, the build-up to it was, mm. was really awful, because it is sort of leaving... Do you, remember, do you remember, what were you doing at 30? Like, um, do you was, remember what you did for yeah. your 30th birthday or anything? I, yeah, I went to Goblins in Ballam, where we used to, which is a little wine bar, right. which we used to go to a lot and had a party in there. Two of my friends met at that party. I'm very good at bringing people together, and yeah, I was always just alone. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot I'm married, aren't I? Yeah, shit. Uh, I'm married, I've got two kids, I'm fine. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, two of my friends got together at that party and uh, are still together. So they've been married for 22 years nearly. I've <laughs> uh, been together 22 years. Uh, yeah, so we had a you know, we had a big thing. And uh, yeah, it was, it was 97. So it was a beautiful time. I was on TV still. <laughs> so, you, well, okay, but you, you were but doing great at 30. I was, and then it all went wrong. And now look at me 20 no. years later. Look at me now, just talking to... You didn't even win. Talking I'm a to celebrity. the runner-up of I'm a celeb. <laughs> Tried to get Harry out in Redknapp, he was nowhere. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, no, it's good. I think life gets, the older you get, the life gets better to, uh, up to an extent, and then yeah. start, things start dropping off. Well, mine are already dropping off. <laughs> like, mine are already dropping uh, off. Oh, um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. So, what have you? You haven't. You said you haven't written the show yet. You start in April. All right, you've don't sold, tell everyone. You've sold every ticket. Yes. Is that true? Yes. I've, it's, Got an it's, extra show. Is that sold uh, yes. out as well? Yeah. Uh, nearly. Oh. Nearly. Twenty second of. Oh no, you won't care. <laughs> you definitely won't care. <laughs> they would love to. Twenty second um, um, of May. We've added another Clapham date. Due to popular demand, brilliant. Haven't written it yet, so. But no, I have. I've written like the first half an hour, but I know what the premise is and I know what I want it to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very it's very scary for me. It's very daunting. But I'm I kind of talk about that in the show as well. I want people to feel like they're just sort of sat with. We're just sat in a living room chatting, and I've got like a drinks cabinet behind me and things like that. And I think if you're selling out, it's a lot easier. You know, I think the thing is when you start yeah. doing stand-up comedy, if you're starting and playing to five, six people, that's yeah. really difficult. Yeah, you've got people who want to see you. Yeah, so it's going to be fine. Yeah, maybe but the first five minutes, and then you're really going to have to start delivering. Yeah. Or they're going to they're going to ask. For- <laughs> But I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I'm, <laughs> I'm panicking because I've got all these lovely young girls tweeting me, going, oh, "I'm so happy. My mum's just put the tickets to come and see you." I'm like, "You look twelve. This is not for you. It's, it's not fun." They, they, the teenagers have the best sense of humour, and they know all this stuff. They know everything. Mm. We were talking to John Ronson last week. They know everything. Yeah. They know things you even you could never have dreamt of. Them. <laughs> and. Uh, even though you're young as well, I mean, that's, I'm not saying you were a, you were a ten year old <laughs> sex addict. That's how that came out. Even you, with your reputation, even you as a ten year old didn't know these things. That wasn't what I meant. So I'm glad I clarified that, or it, it could have seen roots. But people have talked about you, but that's that's not the reason. I said. But they know because they've seen everything. They know everything. 
It's easy doing comedy, just to be rude for uh, ages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you got half an hour, then just swear at people. That's my yeah. that's my advice. Um, swear it, but, yeah, swearing but, uh, kids, I think, have the best. The, you know, when you're a teenager and that kind of age, mm. you've got you know there isn't much else in your life, and like music or comedy or whatever is the most important thing, and you study it, and you mm. you know you really know what's good. Yeah, I think, and so I think teenage. I was a you know I was into comedy when I was. At 10, 11, I was mm. watching or listening to Derek and Clive, which was incredibly inappropriate. Um, so, you know, it's fine. Mm. You won't be as bad as Derek. You won't be as rude as Derek and Clive. But I, I, that's the thing. I, I, want, I want sort of young girls or like people who wouldn't really think about going to a comedy gig or to the theatre. I want to kind of create something that, that those people who think, oh, I'm not posh enough for the theatre. <laughs> I want them to come and enjoy sure. my show and just have a hoot. Yeah. yeah, and you, you know, I think the the celebrity thing showed you're a great role model. All the, all oh. the but you are, you know, you're a regular person, and Thanks. you were happy with not having makeup on and things like that. And yeah. I think that's that's a yeah, that's a great. Oh God, yeah. And this in this day and age, um, yeah, with social media and things like that, I feel like it's um, there's so much pressure on on young people. Without getting too political, there's so much pressure on young people to to look a certain way and be perfect mm-hmm. and I'm just and I think not everybody gets to experience something like the jungle or like, you know being on television and things like that where all of a sudden you are in the public eye and you do have you have a voice and it is important sometimes to to speak for for other people that don't necessarily that might not have that voice mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's really fun when you got because the little kids always seem to sit in the front row, and then you can just go, "You're going to learn some stuff tonight," and then just be much ruder than you're yeah. going to be. And it's mate, honestly, everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, for how, a, like, how old? How, how, how old are you? Twelve? <laughs> That's a bit fucking young, isn't it? <laughs> so you know, for a nation that says they love kids, people you know don't they like to see them humiliated? <laughs> when you were five years old, you fell over at the ballet. Just want to bring. I just want to bring that up. I know everything about you. I do a lot of research. That's mental. How do you know? I know that's, everything. No, that's weird. Where have I spoken about that? If you've said it, I know it. Oh that's my where... god! Yeah, it was like the most traumatizing. Have you got? An, have you got an Alexa in your house? That's how I know. Um... <laughs> that's so strange. Yeah, it was the most one of the most traumatizing things ever, and I don't think I've ever been the same since. No, you told was... the loose women about it. When oh you've been, right, you've been on da- dancing and ice. Ah, oh, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I was younger, like four or five. Yeah, and I, I came out, I was, um, like, had my tutu on, like getting really ready, getting prepped. And I came out, all the parents were watching, and I came out, did my bit, and I went arse over tit oh. on my face, flat on my face. And I'll never forget the sound of that, that hit the floor and all the parents going, ooh. <laughs> it was awful. Don't worry, it'll be exactly like when you start your tour. Uh, so <laughs> you'll hear it again. <laughs> You're going to hear that noise. Cheers, mate. The show you haven't written. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to be fine. Uh, you met... Uh, you met Bross recently. Oh, my God. Bross. Oh, my... Right, okay. So, the Bross documentary. You've seen the Bross documentary. The best thing since The Office. Are we... It, it's the best thing in the world. And I met them, and I couldn't believe it. They wear a full face of foundation, like stunning double wear Yves Saint Laurent, mm-hmm. like proper, and bright blue lenses and thick black mascara. Fit. <laughs> <laughs> Fancied them both. Yeah, I was yeah. at school with Bross. Why? Yeah, it's no. going to come every time we talk about Bross. It was mentioned in the last <laughs> podcast that you were on. Um, yeah, no, for a year they came to live in Cheddar and were, were, fell in school. Uh, I discussed this with my last guest in Wolverhampton, though, that, but that one of them doesn't look very much like the other. Well, they both don't look like the other one, but they're. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They're, they're twins. Yeah. How do you account for that? How do you account for Matt still having loads of hair and not loads of a sort of skull face like the other one's got? <laughs> they were so lovely. They, they are s- nice. They're nice they boys. They smelt very nice. I bet well. they did. And the, do you know, that documentary though, that I loved that documentary because, okay, it was <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. And you know, yeah. But... But, but it, it actually, 
it broke my heart as well. Like it, it really did. And you know, you get to know people like that. And yes, it, it's it's that thing, isn't it, of of watching characters like the David Brents of the world. And you know, we even though we kind of go at things that they say, you still want them to win in the end. There's something yeah. so lovable about people like that. And I think that's what I think that's what they had. Whoever directed that is a genius. He is a genius genius and i do know who it is i, I tweeted as i love i've watched it twice mm. i bought oh, the, yeah, i bought the blu-ray so i could watch the extras they're not <laughs> as, it's not worth it uh they're not they're fine but they're not there aren't enough of them it should be like another hour right. of stuff um and yeah he tweeted me and thanked me and he was it, it is brilliantly put together but i mean it fell in i think it fell into his lap a oh. little bit imagine um, imagine filming that yeah. going oh my god oh my god this is, oh my god it's perfect oh my god it's perfect but i think you know but it's it's a real there's a drama to it it's, it's an amazing mm. thing because it's much more than the comedy of it completely but but also it's about it's, it's what we're talking about it's about mm. fame and the fickle nature yeah. of fame and the way those guys were chewed up and spat out and yeah that's the, that's the danger. Not, I mean, I think you come from such a, a showbiz and stable background mm. with showbiz that I'm sure you're, you know, you'll be inured to any of this kind of stuff. But it's that way that you, they were risen up as, you know, same mm. age as you, mm. young young mm. performers. And then, I mean, it's weird they sort of sabotaged it themselves. Yeah, but uh, the but skull-faced one. To, to <laughs> he messed up. But to watch people like that, to watch. Which one do you like best out of the two of them when you oh. watch? Which one did, were you identify? As, as in, when were you watching it? Which one did you feel sorry for? Which one do you identify with? Well, because oh. it for me. I watched it twice. Uh, yeah. Literally changed between the two. Right, okay. First time... I yes! Like, oh, my God! First, first time, time you think that's a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. And then the second time you go, actually, I see what Luke's on about. Yeah. I'm more on his side. Yeah, you changed. I was the other way around. I know. I, liked, I, I thought Luke was oh, hard really? done by to begin with, and I thought, no, nah, he's a prick. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's worked hard his whole life. This yeah. guy's turning up. He hasn't... Really? He could, well, he should have turned up and gone, look, I haven't drummed for 25 oh, years. Really? Give me a break. I'm not going to be very good. Right? Mm. But he turned up like... um. Can I just say that this should go like this? Going to the other musicians, oh, I'd like to try and be a bit better at being musicians. Be a bit more like Flea from the Chili's, you know. I've got my band t shirt to prove that I'm a real musician because that's what I've got all different ones every day to prove that I'm a musician because I know some bands. Um, I love them both. I love them. I would love to have you as guests on the podcast, guys. We talk about Fairlands Middle School, Conkers. We, could, we were allowed to play Conkers at Fairlands Middle School. I'd have bought my dartboard if I'd known. I could have had my dartboards. I'd have given it them. They're actually really talented musicians they as are, well, which fine. I didn't know. You sort of look at those, that 80s cheesiness a bit and you, yeah. uh, and you kind of go, oh, yeah, whatever. But actually, when you watch them, they're, they're talented musicians. Mm. Um, yeah. The music is really bad. I it's just disagree. genuinely bad. It's genuinely... Bad music. It's no. If there's a place in your heart for me, it's not as good as that. And why is that? Where's when a prima donna getting back together? I think a couple of them are dead. So uh, let's um, (laughs) let's. They should still do it. (laughs) Um, You presented Blue Peter. Yes, I did. I know everything about you. I don't know how I got that gig with my filthy mouth. Um, yeah, presented. It was it was the first time I've ever hosted something and hosted something live. Yeah, it was great. Who are your Blue Peter team from childhood that you remember? Um, Connie Huck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was the other guy. What, who, what's the guy's name? Simon something. Who now is a sports presenter? Simon. Um, he's like he's like fit. Yeah. Simon yes. Thomas. Simon Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember he. I remember watching uh, his audition process to get in the Blue Peter oh, okay. gig. It was like a really big deal. After school, we were like racing to get back to see who got the Blue Peter <laughs> gig, and he got it. I remember having a crush on him for a very long time. But yeah, that's, okay. that's all I remember. Yeah. Mine's Valerie Singleton, <laughs> Peter Purvis, and John Noakes. That is my. I don't remember, know who do they are. Them? I don't know. And Shep was there only Petra. Tortoise, Frida the Tortoise. I don't know who Christopher Trace, is that his name? What's that? Anyway, I don't remember him. Uh, uh, William, Hart, women, William Hartnell was in it. Don't <laughs> Patrick don't McGowan know. was in it, do you remember him? No. I'm so old. <laughs> Connie Huck. Yeah. She tried to kill me on a boat, Kent Connie Huck. She steered a boat into me and tried to kill me. No. Yeah. That's not something Connie Huck would do. She's evil. <laughs> she looked nice on Blue Peter. 
Oh, uh, Richard Bacon, remember old Richard Bacon having um, to resign because of his... Remember that? Yeah, Were you yeah. shocked by that or you thought he's a good guy? Not shocked. Okay. No, no, no. I don't. I don't really remember that. No, really. No. Okay. I'm a bit. I'm. I'm when quite Richard, young. Yeah, when I'm Richard younger. Bacon was ill last year, yes. Were you hoping he would die? <laughs> <laughs> no. I was that's what I heard. I saw him walking down that's the what, street. That's what James Buckley told me about you. <laughs> You saw Richard Bacon walking down the street? Yeah, I saw him walking down the street. I was yeah. like, I thought he was dead. <laughs> I thought he died. No, he got better. Oh, it, was, it was touch and go. Oh. <laughs> he's been on this. He's been on this. Oh, has he? Yeah, he was good. Oh. I was kind of hoping he'd die. <laughs> That's so nasty. He can't well, say And then like people that. would have gone back and watched the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice thing. It's like a little tribute, isn't it, to people, this podcast? When you die, people will watch this. Go, I mean, you need to take this off man? me ASAP. Who's that man from the 21st century? Um. <laughs> I can just feel like my agent's ass cheeks clenching more and more as this goes on. Sorry. Sorry, I knew you would get that. <laughs> so you're, like, you're going to do the celebrity juice job as well? Give me that exclusive. This isn't going out for a okay. month, so you can tell me. So, no. Oh. I, the, as far as I know, somebody has already been put in place and they were put in place a long time ago. Okay. Who was it? Um, I can't tell you. Okay. But um, I, there's a very big chance that I'll be, you know, I'll be on there a lot. Oh, I'll be the Rufus Hound of Celebrity Juice <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the side. Um, yeah, no, I, I love I love all those people and um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll always go on Celebrity Juice. I love okay. it. But no, as far as I know, I don't have that gig. Still free crisps. <laughs> free many crisps you can eat. Yeah, they're kicking themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you can take them in. Can I can t- I'll do the catering. It's all fun. Um, uh, Victoria Wood. Did you work with Victoria Wood? You're on a Victoria Wood. Yeah, so my, yeah. My mum and her were, were very good friends. They worked together for years, and um, yeah, I, I got a little role with her. Um, uh, oh God, what was it called? Lark Rise to. Cranchesterford, though they changed it. Okay. Yeah, it was like a spoof of of Light Rice to Candleford. I don't, yeah. I don't know. You know more than me. I don't really. Oh know. no. no. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I worked. Yeah. It was. It was great. How yeah. was that? It was, was great. She, she was. She was. She kind to you. Yeah. Good. She's yeah. Nice. She was a nice lady. Yeah. I mean, I've known her my whole life. Do you know my earliest memory of her? I went to a Steps concert, um, and it was me and Mum. God, I sound so fucking middle class, don't I? <laughs> I went to a Steps gig with Victoria Wood. Um, that's what and we Julie do Walters. that's middle class just... <laughs> <laughs> but like with it was me mum Victoria Woods and Julie Walters my god um, Julie Walters went to see sorry how did, how did uh, Victoria but... and Ju- Julie <laughs> did they enjoy the Steps concert very much? I don't know I what I, I can't that. believe they even sat through and it was for it was for me Martha and George my brother and sister and Victoria's kids um, and I don't know why Julia Walters was there, to be honest. But yeah, so we all went to this Steps gig um, and then Dawn French and Lenny Henry came over and they, we were all like chatting, chatting. And I was like, Mom, like, I was like, I just want to meet H from Steps. Like, I don't give a shit about this. I want to meet H. Everyone was crowding around Victoria and yeah. my mum and everyone. I was like, can I just meet H from Steps? Yeah, that's all I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, I got to meet H. Great choice. So I, was too, I was too shy to talk to Victoria with the one time I met her at Buckingham Palace. Yeah, I go, that is better than a fucking steps gig, isn't it? With Steve, Stephen Hawkins was there. They're not all dead, the people who were there. Uh, Greg, da- Greg Davis was there as well. He's, someone check on Greg Davis. <laughs> Windsor Davis has died, hasn't he? That's uh, good news for Matthew Crosby's wife. So that's um, Who's for long-term is? fans. Don't worry. But who's that? Windsor Davis. Who's Come on. Oh. How could you not know about the, the racist sitcom work of Winston? Oh, I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> um, that's what he said. Um, <laughs> I had a great question for you. It was, it was brilliant. I'll ask, I'm going to ask you something else from here uh, while I get back to my brilliant question that I had. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> Thank you. I'll talk more about the steps um, gig if you want. Uh, don't worry about it. 
If for your money, which STD would win in a World Cup of sexually transmitted diseases? Sorry, say, say that. Say for that your one. money, yeah. Which STD, sexually transmitted disease? Yes, yeah. you know what it means. Would win in a World Cup. What the fuck sexually, does that mean? You're a woman of the world. You know what STD stands for? Uh, sexually transmitted diseases. What would? What's the best one in your? The best opinion? one. Yeah. I think chlamydia is the most glamorous one. Yeah, isn't I went it? for chlamydia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've had chlamydia. Well, you don't want to say warts or herpes no. or anything that you can imagine no but chlamydia you can't really imagine because there are no symptoms I said chlamydia is the one I've had the most <laughs> and is also an excellent name for a posh woman in a poor quality student review sketch <laughs> um, oh, sorry that's just the one that came up oh no what are we going to do I've knocked my water over. It's oh. all right. It's, not, it's no falling on right. your face when you're five years old at the ballet. Come on, let's face it. So, yeah, chlamydia is the most glamorous one, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. A lot of them are like, oh, look at this. This is going to reach out and touch. Would, your chlamydia would you is be like upset? dribbling over It to is me. like a metaphor. This would you be your... upset if you were electrocuted to death during this <laughs> podcast? We'd still put it out as a tribute and also because it would get a lot of hits. It would get a lot. If you die, if I die, there's no good to anyone. This is as dangerous as anything you experienced in the jungle. Oh, you've been safe by a table leg. It's acted as a dam. Oh, no, but... Oh, no. The water is gathering as it does in a pool. It really is gathering. It is. The, the stage is sloped like that. Oh, God. We well, might all be now, about to fall into some kind of sinkhole. We're already quite low underground. Stop trying to get me in a sinkhole. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, let's, what's, what's coming up? You, there's some film stuff and... Yeah. Oh, is there, I, there's some stuff you've done, to... isn't there? There's some stuff you've actually... There's on IMDb that's coming up, so there's some stuff... Yeah. You've been in a film, and this was a while ago, you were in a film with... Um, have my forgotten who it was? It was with <laughs> Harvey Keitel. Yeah, just another film Come that on. nobody saw. Oh, this, no, but this was the whole thing. This was the whole reason why I kind of changed things up, because... It's 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 really interesting. You you know you audition for these films that people go right. This is going to be the one that's going to yeah. It's going to change your life. It's going to be great. You're working with all these amazing people, um, which is great. And then you do it, and it's great fun. You meet these incredible people, people that you've always wanted to meet um, and work with. And then you put it on your CV, and then no fucker watches it. <laughs> so, it, but it, it was fascinating because what I realised doing these films. I've done, I think, like 13 films now. And I think only one of them has actually been watched. I did a Disney film last year with Jennifer Saunders. And I did the Dad's Army movie Dad's with Army. Bill Nighy, Captain Zeta Jones. No, exactly. No. <laughs> no. No one cares. And But then I put a video up, pissed, in my mate's living room of me doing Love Island impressions. And five million people watched it and liked it. I was like, right, I've got to change it up a bit. <laughs> so it, it was really interesting because it just kind of made me think, well, in, in this day and age, you, you've got to just put yourself out there a bit more. But it's like, you know, a lot of these things, I mean, I've been in films that I've, you know, and not very many, uh, maybe two, but that never even came out. Yeah. So, you know, you've done, you've, <laughs> don't think because of me. Well, I'm almost married. You were the star of Almost Married. Yes. Well, see that gets played on ITV too. Oh, does which, it? Yeah. Which that's it's probably is the, that the best one? Yeah, that's probably the best one. Probably. Let's see who's seen who's seen Almost oh, Married. No, that's well, my sister. Hi. No, your agent hasn't even seen this film. <laughs> so it's on ITV too. I'm, I'm going to watch it's it. A, well, no, it's one of those films that you know when you're um, you're away and you've you can't get to sleep and it's midnight and it's on yeah. that kind of thing and that yeah. might be just in your head just playing it's about a man who gets an STD when he's about to get married yeah he gets chlamydia funny yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he gets chlamydia let's yeah. all rent it after I just want to like see how this podcast works if we can make things spike then people people will come on if we all go and rent almost let's all go and buy the DVD of almost marriage I don't even know uh, not just you DVD. in the room everyone at home buy it this the week this comes out it's actually quite Let's good it's the top of the charts I'm sensational in it I'm sure you so. are I'm sure you are but there's more to come there's fantastic stuff to come up yes. and really good luck with the stand up tour stand up's really easy honestly you're going to be fantastic don't it's really I'm not kidding it's really easy all it is is about confidence and you've got the absolute confidence to do it 
You'll be brilliant. Thank you. It's going to be fantastic. If there are any tickets left, go and see them. Put some more... Will you come and see it? Of course I will. Will you actually? No. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, mate. All the best. I live in Hertfordshire and... um, are you from Hitchin? I live. I live near Hitchin. Yeah, I, well, I kind of. I swear. I you were born in Luton. Yeah. So well, well not. Don't just say Luton. Where like, were you born? I was Luton, but yeah. I no. I did. I, I was born in the L and D, um, but I was I was raised near Hitchin, be, like Bedford kind of. Oh way. yeah, I know yeah. Bedford. That's uh, Al Murray's territory. But Al mm. Murray went to school in Bedford. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Hitchin. I remember making many mistakes in Hitchin. Yeah, <laughs> the old heart. I think. The, do you remember the? Oh, I don't know. No. Um, I, I have only no. lived there for a little while. All right, sure. Yeah, so your, <laughs> your, the stories of your childhood there have not permeated through to my village yet, but I'm sure it's only, it'll only be a short amount of time. There's enough gossip going on yeah. in that town. Um, it's been really lovely to speak to you, and good luck with everything. Thanks so much Thank for coming you. on. Ladies and gentlemen, Emily Aitak! Thanks so awesome. much. You have been listening to Rahala Starpa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Emily Atak. The music is, as always, by Pest. Thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Stripe, especially Chris Evans, not that one. And I would also like to thank the fantastic team at ACAST for their lovely support. And Orange Market, uh, the British comedy guy, he's a good guy. I don't care what anyone else says about him. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. This is a Go Faster Stripe production. It's also a Fuzz production. It's also a Sky Potato production. It goes out on the internet. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks very much for listening. Go to richchain.com slash gigs to find out where I will be performing over the next few months and years until I sadly die. If I'm dead already, just look a bit sad. And go to rahalastapur.co.uk and you can get behind our paywall for money. It's lovely back there, I tell you. Wall to wall wanking. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture, and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you very much for listening to my podcasts. Listen to some more. Tell your friends about these podcasts. We're in a very competitive market. It would be lovely to keep those downloads coming in. The more downloads we get, the more money we make and the more podcasts we can make for you. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Come and see me on tour at richardherring.com. But otherwise, just, you know, go outside. Enjoy the spring air. It's beautiful out there. I love you all. Goodbye.